Welcome to the Biz for Good Show, where we highlight misfits, outcasts, and renegades for the being good and doing good movement. We spotlight people that are changing the world by having integrity and honesty and creating an environment of connection, thus showing the true secret to success and creating a life of greater impact. So come on board and create your own Biz for Good life. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Biz for Good Show. I am your host, Bobby Glenn James, along with the Ryan Pilkington. Ladies and gentlemen, not germs, (laughs) in the house today, Ryan Pilkington, along with the amazing Dave Covey, David Covey. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan, tell us about the show. Or what? Oh, you want me to scroll down so you can actually see what the show's about? (laughs) Very good. Oh, no, I need to scroll up, Ryan. You need to scroll up. Scroll Ryan up. usually runs the, our, uh, what do you call this thing? Prompter. Yeah, the prompter. <laughs> Bobby's in control of the prompter. I'm in control dude. of the prompter, so who knows what will happen today. We, we I'm, I'm moving it up and down just to really confuse Ryan right thank now. Thank you, thank so, you. I like it. Uh, here, I'll I'm just, already sick enough. I there know. we go. I will, oh, that's right. We went to lunch, and Ryan <laughs> ate something that totally agreed with him. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. You feeling better? I'm feeling I can better. see there's, you're not as I'm pale not as, as you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Biz for Good show. We're sitting down with David Covey, and we'll be talking to him. Today's title of the show is Outsmarting the Seven Modern Day Traps in Today's today's Workplace. workplace. That's right, people. Yeah. So, um, today we'll be sitting down, yes, with David Covey. He is a BYU and Harvard alumni. Is that correct? All right, got to do my fact check <laughs> right now instead right now. of before. Yeah. <laughs> you should just do it live Ooh. on the show much better. <laughs> and uh, Franklin Covey from 1994 to 2010 and with American Express and Procter & Gamble. He has several books out, Trap Tales, Said and Done, plus a one church book and three children books. And the third son of Stephen R. Covey and Sandra Covey. So we are so thankful you are here today, and we are privileged to speak with him about traps. Absolutely. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys got it. That's the essence of my whole message. (laughs) Nice. Sweet. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, All right. Today's episode brought to you by Eight Wisdoms. Eight Wisdoms. The book that teaches you all the principles you need to understand how to have a beautiful, wonderful, amazing life, be accountable, and connect with the human race. That's right. Eight Wisdoms. Go to Amazon anywhere you want to go. Amazon 8wisdoms.com. All right. Welcome to the show. The Biz for Good show is a fun and powerful podcast experience, sharing stories of hope, passion, and the true secret to success The connections that we make by loving, yes, that's right, loving and being good. There is so much bad noise in the world. It is time to rise against the noise and flood it with the good. The Biz for Good show is not just a podcast. It is a movement. Now let's get crazy. (laughs) 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I, I, we didn't talk about this because we like to not talk about stuff and then throw it on our guest really quickly. Ooh, I was going to uh, throw something. Right? Oh, you're going to throw something? But you can throw it's, it. It's so cool. He's shaking his head like, yeah, let's do this. Come on, I'm, no problem. <laughs> throw it at me. Do we both want to do one? I was thinking I would like a lesson in leadership oh. from Mr. Covey. I wanted to Google challenge with trapologist. <laughs> oh, you know, that might be kind of fun. So we, we do some different things sometime on the show. We will do um, what's called the Google challenge. If you're up for it, we pit you against Google. All right. So yeah, sure. if you're up for it, I think he this might be super fun. Maybe he could choose. That. Choose what? No, no, no. We, we, let it lead. Yeah, we, we got leader. this. I think let this will lead us into what the heck a trapologist is. <laughs> a trapologist. This is perfect. So yeah, it uh, reminds me of the little game I used to play, uh, Mousetrap. One of my favorite games when I was a little kid. Ah, trap. Yeah. Mousetrap. That that game where the tra- it would come down and you try and build the whole thing. Yeah, that I still don't understand what I did, but I I caught the mouse every time. You did? I hope. I, I don't did. even know if I ever finished it. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like, what is this? Uh, okay, so here's how sink. Google Challenge works, uh, David. We are going to put in trapologist into Google. Yep. And then okay. Google, of course, is going to do its magic. So I'm doing it now, people. I have put in the word trapologist. I have hit enter. Now, it wouldn't be so interesting. Everybody goes to page one. So we're not going to page one. We're not wow. going to page two. Your book came right up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Your book immediately comes up. That's interesting. You, did you make this word up? We told, I totally did. <laughs> Well, this, will this be- word's only been around. It's only been around for two years. <laughs> very good. Uh, it's uh, right there, though. It comes at the very beginning. Available on Spotify. Play music. Oh man, awesome. Okay, um, so we're gonna go to page three, though, because that's how Google. That's how we. We do- never had somebody get pitted oh. against himself. That's- oh, th- yeah. This is gonna be hard. So, <laughs> Trapologist at Work by David M. R. Covey <laughs> is what we come up with on page three, and you you pretty much dominated page one and two too. So, there's a this is a <laughs> ringer. First time on the show we had a ringer on the show. Uh, so, let's see what's what's here. This is Evan C. is the name of this website, and it says Trap. Trapologist at work. I have a feeling this picture is something that you created. Keynote yep, networking. That's, that's book. our trapologist at work program. Oh, there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, are you struggling with information overload? Uh, oh, which, why are you telling me to do stuff? Information overload, staying focused, adopting, to, adapting to changes. Lack of passion at work. Nobody has that problem, do they? Everybody's passionate at work, aren't they? Just uh, like me? <laughs> no? Totally, yeah. <laughs> Keeping good habits <laughs> in your life. I love it. Uh, yeah, could you could you just take a brief opportunity to kind of explain Trapologist to us first before we get to the show? Uh, just because yeah. we've kind of premised it we that way. We lessons in leadership. Bam. I'll tell you what, let, let, because I, I had the vision to It'll do lessons in both purposes. Yes, but yes. Let me tell you about a trapologist. A, a great leader is a trapologist. Okay. Oh, so perfect. This, this is the first lesson of leadership here. So uh, my business partner and I like to play chess. And in the game of chess, you know, obviously what you try to do is get your opponent to fall into traps, right? That you mm-hmm. set up with, set up for them. 
And and if you're only thinking one move ahead, you're going to lose, right? You got to think several moves ahead and you try to get your opponents to fall into traps that you're setting up for them. Well, we thought that was really a good metaphor for life, especially business life. And there's a lot of business traps that we all fall into. And a lot of times people know what these are, you know, because they're not, you know, like no ideas necessarily, but they haven't really thought about how they're going to avoid these traps. So a trapologist is a person who detects and avoids the workplace traps and also helps others to do the same. And, uh, and so we have, of course, being a Covey, you can't have like five traps or like nine <laughs> traps. You got to have seven, you gotta right? have seven, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, do you think if my father wrote the five habits of highly effective people, anybody would have bought it? No, no one would have bought the book. Uh, but seven habits, yeah. So <laughs> seven is a magical number. So, of course, I have seven traps. And uh, three of them are related to yourself. Uh, there's the busyness trap, the procrastination trap, and the ego trap. Oh. Those are related to you as an individual. Three of them are related to your team, your interactions with the, with your, with the team. The trigger trap, a lot of us have triggers that set us off. And obviously, it's other people or situations that trigger us. The silo trap is this this trap we have of thinking that teamwork is for other people but not for us. And then the settling trap is the trap around your career and how people settle in their career uh, when no one should settle in their career today. And then, of course, the last trap is uh, for the organization. It's around myopia. And it's this idea that there isn't this line of sight between what I do every day and how that connects to the strategy uh, of the organization. So it's a problem not only for individuals and, and managers, but it's also a problem for companies because companies have these elaborate strategies and they think, hey, all of our employees understand this and are, are operating and uh, executing against these strategies, and they're really not. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a really, really big problem. So that's, that's, uh, that's really what these uh, seven workplace traps are. Awesome. Well, okay, trapologist, all you trapologists out there, folks that are finding the traps, fixing the traps. Uh, is it kind of like uh, somebody that goes through and flips the trap and makes sure it, it doesn't work for the next person? <laughs> uh, it's not. I mean, I think these these are more kind of common modern traps. It's not like some of these have been Just around stay away before. from them. Yeah. The, the trapologist teaches you, stay okay, with. stay away from this one. See that one right there? You want to walk around that one and go this right. way. I like it. It's like gonna... quicksand. Quick, quicksand is a good example, you know. Uh, we, re I mean, you, you remember this, guys, because you live in Utah. You remember about four or five months ago, someone in, around Zion's National Park got stuck in quicksand, there, and they had a whole story about it. Really? And uh, his girlfriend went to go get help, and she – she had to go out about three hours and uh, it took about six hours before she came back. And then it took like five hours to get him out of the quicksand, really? which sounds crazy. I don't know if you've, I've never been in quicksand before, but they say, they say it feels like you have your legs in big concrete slabs, you Ooh. know, and it's just incredibly hard. And so uh, I like to conjure up that kind of image. You know, these, these are really things that are really preventing us and not enabling us to move forward and be successful. A lot of times, that most most of the uh, things in leadership, 
people talk about doing initiatives, doing more things. You know, you got to do X, Y, and Z. You got to do these kind of things to get ahead. And my approach around leadership is more about here are the things that you need to avoid. Here are the things that you, the traps that you need to avoid, the obstacles you need to avoid, the things that you should not do. So it's more about creating your not to do list, the things that you should avoid, as opposed to creating a laundry list of things that you should do. If you stay away from these seven things for sure, then you have more potential to be a great leader. Exactly. So think about it like driving a car. You know, if you wanted to, you know, if you obviously to drive a car, you got to put your foot on the accelerator. But if you also have your foot on the brake, so you have one foot, so you have your right foot on the accelerator and your left foot on the brake, you're not going to go anywhere. So the answer is not to push harder on the accelerator with your right foot. The answer is to take your foot off the brake with your left foot. And I think that that's That's what people don't do is that they're always told to push harder, put your foot harder on the accelerator, do more initiative. No, that's not the answer. The answer is what are the things that are holding me back and preventing me from reaching my goals or reaching my desired state? And it's really more the traps and the obstacles. And it's about taking your foot off the brake. Wow. I love it. Awesome. Well, we've, we've already been halfway into the interview and we haven't asked any questions yet. This is perfect, right, Ryan? (laughs) I'm going to actually, just to get to know, uh, David, you a little bit better. Let's ask the question. We ask a lot of people that we've asked hundreds of people this question. What does biz for good mean to you? Do you have something in your past that kind of floats to the top that, 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 really connected with being good and doing good as a business model or as a person, as a human being? Is there something you could tell us about that? Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in helping people avoid uh, experience, you know, actual negative experience and learning from vicarious experience of others. And so what I did in my book, uh, Trap Tales, is I, I first was writing this book as a as a it's kind of a regular self help book, and I couldn't stand it. I hated my own book after about a month. <laughs> so I decided to just totally change course, and I decided to write it in a story. So I wrote it oh, in a story format. Nice. And people love stories, right? Absolutely. Of course, you know the master teacher uh, I think is is Jesus Christ, and how did he teach us? He taught us through stories, Terrible. right? Yep. So I wrote a story and it was really, really hard. And I was really bad at, at stories. And uh, I, I hired some story people to help me. And they told me how bad my, my story was. And, <laughs> but I got better. And eventually I, <laughs> I, I hope, hopefully I better got better before you print it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but I got better. And eventually I started to love my story. And it was really, uh, it was really therapeutic come in and you know to the office and really write story and get into the characters and so forth so i wrote the story about a guy named alex and his wife kim and they have two kids laura and michael and then they have somebody that's teaching alex and alex has fallen into all kinds of traps you know and he's struggling his marriage is falling apart he's in in a tremendous amount of debt you know he's not happy at work you know has all of the traps that i just mentioned and uh, he meets uh, a guide whose name is Victoria. And Victoria is a trapologist. And Victoria is teaching Alex how to become a trapologist and how to get out of the traps that he's fallen into. Meanwhile, he's got uh, another person named Chaz who's a coworker, 
And Chaz is trying to keep him in the status quo, trying to keep him where he's at. Don't change Alex. You know, I like it. I like it. I like you how you are. And you're, you're trying to, you're trying to change and, you know, be different. And I don't want you to do that. And, uh, and of course you guys remember blades of glory, you know, Chaz, Michael Michaels, that's where I got some of my inspiration. <laughs> Chaz, Michael Michaels is figure skating. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That? Oh yeah. So, I remember that. <laughs> so anyway, I thought of Chaz and, and then I lived in Australia for two and a half years. So I got a little of, uh, the, uh, Australian Chaz in there, some Aussie isms, uh, but anyway, this book is really about Alex, but it's it a lot of it. A lot of Alex is me. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not sitting up here uh, on a perch saying, hey, I'm uh, I'm smarter than the rest of you. And I haven't fallen in these traps and I'm going to be your guide and, you know, and tell you about how to avoid these. These are all very personal traps that, you know, every single one that I've fallen into. And if you read the book you'll see uh, about all the problems that Alex has. And Alex is David. <laughs> Alex is me. Oh, so, uh, so I've, I've really struggled with a lot of these and uh, my passion is in helping people, especially young people or entrepreneurs or people who are just starting off in life is man, it would be great if you had some people that helped you along the way and told you, you know, some things that you should avoid doing or, or gave you some really good advice. And so you didn't have to go through some of those same uh, struggles or experiences that most of us tend to go through. So that's, that's where my passion is. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Ryan. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so the second question here is what is your commitment to, to living the biz for good life? What is David Covey's commitment? What is, what is your commitment to yeah. you for being good and doing good? So I, I think I have uh, a lot of mentees <laughs> that uh, that I have uh, that I am I'm helping with personally. So I I, I, I try to do that, and I, I always take time for people that uh, ask for help. Uh, that's number one. I'm on four non-paying boards uh, <laughs> that are all nonprofit. Uh, and, uh, and one of them is an education, uh, organization. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm part of that. That, that's actually a lot of time, you know, spent on that, uh, and, uh, and really helping and doing good. So I'm a big believer in giving back. I think that business, uh, is a great vehicle for giving back much better at giving back, uh, than, uh, the government, you know, so I, I, I just think that, uh, America has been a great country, uh, uh, country, and and Utah always uh, is at the top of the list and for volunteerism, and for uh, service and contributions per capita. You know, for for the size of the state we are, and I'm proud of that because you look at the state next door, and I have nothing against Nevada, but it's the worst. <laughs> so you literally have uh, uh, Utah as the the highest state for. Uh, for contributions and for volunteerism and service and Nevada right next door, literally the state right next, right West of us. And it, and it's, and it's, it's the worst. Yeah. But it has so, gambling. Don't forget that. It has gambling though. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> maybe, but maybe that's but, why but that my point is, is that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My point is you gotta, you gotta make a conscious effort and a plan, you know, it can't just Absolutely. be ad hoc to say, you know, 
here's how I get back. So I do mine through uh, mentorship, I, and I do mine through uh, through these uh, non-paying boards, That's which awesome. my wife keeps reminding me. She's saying, now, why are you doing that? Are you getting paid for that? It's like, <laughs> no, dear. <laughs> I know just, that just feeling. Some contributions. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. And it, there's something about it, though. There, the, when you give back, it, it fills your cup so, so big. I mean, you, you can be a successful as the greatest, the most successful, make the most money. But but when you get back, there's nothing that feels better than when you're just giving of yourself. Totally. And and it's and the legacy, the lasting legacy is a lot longer. Absolutely. You know, uh, no one's gonna remember necessarily what business accomplishments you've you've had. But you know, if you make a difference in the life of a kid or or in the life of somebody who was on uh, maybe a bad trajectory and you helped kind of realign them and help them. Uh, it, it, it can change not only them, but it can change their, 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 their uh, married life and their family life and, and future generations. So it's, awesome. it's a- absolutely critical. Awesome. I love it. It's the ripples we make. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our listeners, we like, we always like to have uh, our guests come on and kind of give our listeners a gold nugget or maybe a call to action. What is there? Is there something that you could give our listeners to take away from, you know, maybe the, the number one thing about traps or, I mean, whatever you come up with, um, is there something you could give our listeners that, that, that they could use? Yes. So I, I think the golden nugget that I have is, about doing things differently. It, it, it's really not applying the conventional approach. It's oh, applying the non-conventional approach. And I love what you guys said, mis- misfits, outcasts, renegades. <laughs> and, and, and it's true that uh, the conventional approaches don't work nowadays. And that's why people are stuck in so many of these traps is because they're trying to get out in the conventional way and uh, it doesn't work. So just even in the insight that I said, the key to really achieving your goals and getting to a different desired state is not doing more initiatives, doing more, you know, activities. It's about doing, it's, it's not doing things. It's avoiding things that are preventing you from doing that. So for example, uh, I'll, take, I'll give an example of weight loss. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably about 20 pounds overweight and I always kind of go through this ritual of, you know, every new year's, <laughs> this is the year that I'm going to do it. And, and a lot of people do that. And, and what they do is that they go and they, and they go to the gym in, in January and they make them sign a year contract, you know. And, and, why did, and why did the gym clubs do that? Because they know that they're not going to see the guy in February, right? They're going <laughs> to see the guy in January. But, <laughs> but the key to losing weight is not – yes, you want to do – you want to eat right and, 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 uh, and exercise and do all those things. But most of the culprits of why we don't lose the weight is the things that we do that, that you know, we get away like, you know, like going to a movie and getting a big giant tub of popcorn, which they say is like an equivalent of like eating five Big Macs, you know, oh, or maybe late, <laughs> late night binging, right? Oh. Some of us like the late, I mean, maybe if you learned it, just say, look, I'm just not going to eat after 6 p.m. It's probably one of the best things that you could do. Yeah, but, but ice cream do tastes we, so good at ten thirty. Oh, ice cream tastes right. so good. <laughs> and and then there's certain there's certain foods you know that just maybe are kind of the culprits you know that are going to prevent us from you know achieving our weight loss goal. So uh, that that's what I'm suggesting is you got to really think 
differently. Think outside the box. Do do the non unconventional approach uh, in terms of you know when you have challenges or problems, you know, focused on the non conventional approaches. So my whole book is about that. So I talk about the seven traps, but then I talk about the seven unconventional, non conventional approaches to you know to get out of those traps, and they're very very different. You want me to give one, one radical example? Yes, for your audience? love it. Okay. Radical advance uh, example. So one of the in in the book, one of the uh, traps is the as the debt trap, and 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 people have a lot of you know a lot of problems with with debt, and I'm talking about debt, you know, credit card debt, consumer debt, and so forth. Not necessarily mortgage because most of us you know have a mortgage, and uh, but you want to get rid of that debt too. But the the conventional approach is to budget. And I don't know about you, but my wife and I tried budgeting. And what we ended up having is a bunch of arguments <laughs> and getting into a whole discussion about needs and wants. And, uh, you know, I mean, what is a need and what is a want? You know, and we have these big debates and, and, and budgeting is very monotonous and it's and it's 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 tough and it's boring and. And it's, it's, it's all about, you know, things that we can't do. And, it's, you know, it's, there's no fun in it. So what we've done, and this is a, a story in the book, and it's also a little story in, our, in my, my own life with my wife and family, is we put together this debt snake. And this debt snake represented all of the debt that we had. And we put it in our uh, kitchen, family room area. So anybody coming into the home could see this big uh, snake you know all of these numbers of uh that represented all of our consumers so it's a drawing what is this is it a drawing or it's it's a paper debt yeah it's a drawing yeah uh and and it was like eight feet long and and we had you know the body of it had the different increments of debt that we had and so we had the total there but what we did is that we put you know we started focusing on the debt snake and we got our kids involved in it and it was incredible what happened so what happened is that we got so excited about making progress on eliminating our debt. And anytime we eliminated our debt, we started to cut up the snake, the, the, the debt paper snake. Mm. And our kids insisted on cutting them up. And we would have our kids say something like, you know, stuff like, well, I wanted to buy that Lego set, but I don't want to add to that stupid debt snake. So I'm not going to get that Lego dad. And, mm-hmm. and it was incredible now we are ended up doing a lot of the same things that you would do if you were, you know, following a, a more stricter budget, but we did it in a fun way and it was a different way and it was about succeeding in eliminating your debt. And we uh, ended up eliminating all of the debt that we had, the consumer debt we had in about two years, and we had tried two years before budgeting, had no success, nothing happened, nothing wow. went different, and uh, and so anyway, so that that's an example of a really different approach to eliminating debt. It's really a non-conventional approach in eliminating debt, scoreboarding it, getting excited about the progress that you're making, getting the family involved. It was a game changer for us. Awesome. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, wow, yeah. I, I Sometimes I sit here when we have guests on and, and you say stuff and then I... I forget that I'm on a show because I'm sitting there thinking about it going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I apologize if I felt like if I looked like Homer Simpson there just for a second. Going, it's all oh, right. Oh, that donuts. That's right. 
Yeah. No, that no, was, it's just, I love, I love anything unconventional. They say, you know, when everybody's going one direction, mm-hmm. if you want to make a difference, go the other direction. Yeah. And, and that's where you'll make a difference. And, and I think that's yeah. the kind of the same concept and I love it. I'm, I'm, uh, totally engaged. And I think our listeners absolutely should get the book and, and check it out. So, um, usually and if you do one thing, listeners, try this. Instead of fighting over your budget with your spouse, try putting together a debt snake, paper debt snake. You can create your own or send me an email and I can send you pictures of my elaborate debt snake. By the way, I have one now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm uh, keep doing it if it works. Yeah, I've fallen into this uh, debt snake trap again. So uh, but do it and, and I promise you it'll work. Because oh, uh, you'll get awesome. excitement and motivation around eliminating your debt, and that that carries the day. This is a lot stronger uh, motivation than uh, than the monotony of a budget. I love it. Love it. What do you think, the, Ryan? The title of the show also uh, talks about workplace. Um, we're kind of wrapping up things here. What were some things you would like to address with the workplace uh, traps? Yeah, so uh, let me let me address one that uh, is something that's not really talked about that much, and and I call this the trigger trap. And the trigger trap is allowing emotion to taint your perspective. And a lot of us are not even aware of some some of us are aware of our triggers, and some of us are not aware of our triggers. And I think that a lot of times we don't really have a plan for. Well, first of all, you got to know what your triggers are. So we help. We help uh, people understand what, what are the potential triggers that you may have. And then secondly, we help them have a strategy and a plan for how they're going to address the, uh, those triggers. Uh, most people have, uh, have two responses to triggers. They either aggressively confront or they actively avoid situations and people that set them off. Okay. And so this, this is kind of the fight or flight kind of, kind of response. You know, you either either get really angry or you just kind of avoid and just kind of, you know, sign off. Uh, And that's not a really good, effective approach in dealing with your triggers. Uh, One uh, trigger that I have is when people take credit for my work. And uh, I, you know, I I, I used to be in a a company where... uh, I would have a boss that would take credit for my idea and, 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 and say that it was their own idea. Uh, and, 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 you know, so, so that was one trigger for me in the workplace. So how, what, what, what would I maybe do differently, you know, in that situation? I think that what I would do is I would, you know, go to my boss and say, hey, I feel like I, you know, that was my idea that you shared and you kind of took credit for it being your idea. And, and I'm okay to, you know, if you like the idea and so forth, but I would appreciate, you know, some acknowledgement and credit. That's kind of where it came from. Uh, and so, you know, so, so that situation may be, uh, you know, uh, it, it, may, it may occur differently in the future uh, if I did that. I have one personal uh, uh, trigger is when I'm driving. I hate driving behind slow drivers. I really do. And it just drives me crazy. That's my favorite thing rage. in the world to do. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's me. No, but I have, I, I have two things that I do. <laughs> Number one is I stop and I breathe. So I start to control my breathing. 
And number two is I make up a story of what happened to that person that's driving in, in that car in front of me as to why they're driving so slow. Oh, they must have just lost their job or they must have had someone die in the family. And, and I realized that it's really not that important that I'm going to get upset and, uh, and, and try, try to drive crazy and pass them, you know, or, or, or do something stupid. Uh, and so I, I, so, so, I, so I have a plan for doing that. And I think a lot of us uh, at work don't really have a plan, you know, on how we're going to broaden our perspective and manage the triggers that we face at work. I love it. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been, I think we've gotten a lot of insight. It's super cool. Um, is there uh, anything, last words, any, any, how we, how folks can get a hold of you? How, how do they get their book? Uh, all that good stuff. Is it, any, any last stuff you can sure. think of to say? Yeah. If you just, if you just uh, Google my name, David MR Covey, uh, you, you, you can you can find me and find the book and uh, you know I'm on LinkedIn and, uh, and Twitter and uh, uh, Facebook and so forth and you can find uh, any anything around trapologists like you said I made up the word uh, two years ago so uh, so you can find me there uh, but I guess my last message would be really the message of hope and and it's really uh, the belief when I was at Franklin Covey we had a lot of People go through the, the training and they were impacted positively by the training. Some of them were older people that said, man, I wish I had this, you know, when I was in 20, when I was 20 years old, you know, now I'm 70. Uh, but the message I'd like to leave is the message of hope. And, and the hope is, and, and the reality is, is that we can change the trajectory of our life at any stage of our life. So it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. You've got to leave the past behind not dwell on it, focus on it, you know, mire in it. A lot of people do that. And you have to just say, Hey, look, you know, I got to start where I'm at and you just move forward and, and you really can change uh, your whole life now, you know, at any time. So you can be, you know, I, I started uh, my own business uh, at age 44. Uh, my dad was a professor at BYU for 25 years before he decided to start Covey Leadership Center, which then became Franklin Covey. So he was 50 years old. He had nine kids and he, and he, and he started a whole new career, a whole new business. Uh, someone like Winston Churchill, you know, uh, didn't become prime minister until he was 65 years old. So uh, your greatest work is always ahead of you. And you shouldn't rest on your laurels and just realize that uh, your greatest work is always ahead of it. you and live life, live life in crescendo. So that would be that would be my final message. I love it. Love it. Love it. Ryan, you want to take us out? Any last words? No, it's been a great episode. I, I'm grateful that you came with us and brought some truth bombs and yum yums. <laughs> truth bombs and yum yums. <laughs> truth bombs and yum yums. It's obviously made you feel better. Yes, I'm not so green s'mores. s'mores I can't talk. But you want some talk. s'mores now? No, no s'mores. <laughs> oh, gosh. All no. right, you want to take us out, Ryan? Uh, yeah, we always end the show with the hashtag be good, do good, and we do it three times. We get louder and crazy on the third. Yeah, so you can follow along with us or just enjoy the, the craziness. All right, here we go. Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, do good. Oh, yeah, you got it. 
And uh, that's right. Thank you for listening to the Biz for Good Show podcast. We want to thank all our fans and guests on the show. Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For your hosts, Bobby Glenn James and Ryan Pilkington, this is Tim Jackson saying get out and do some good. Now go. Go.